What's going on, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of Outside of the Arena with Rob and Griff. I'm Griffin Senek, joined by my co-host Rob Goldberger. And we're back once again, another week, um, another week of NBA playoffs. The NHL playoffs started this week. Um, MLB still going strong. We saw uh, UFC 274. Yeah, 274 it was last night. Uh, Charles Oliveira, obviously a lot of controversy with that. Uh, but he did beat Justin Gaethje, not the champion anymore, but it's very, it's all very weird. Um, Canelo Alvarez lose, lost last night to uh, Dimitri, Dimitri of Bivol. I probably bought yeah, that. Yeah. Something, something, congrats to, uh, to Bivol at the end of the day. Um, so some, <laughs> so a, a good combat sports weekend, but we're really here just today to talk. Uh, we're going to be focusing on the NBA playoffs. Um and, you know, we'll maybe talk a little MLB at the end, but we're just going to jump right into the NBA playoffs. And, you know, we're down to, what is it, eight teams now, I think, or something? Or, uh, uh, eight teams, yeah, eight teams. Eight teams, yeah. I mean, these series are all pretty much, I think they're all 2-1 right now, if I'm not mistaken. So everyone is, uh, you know, every series so far has looked good. I mean, Milwaukee had a really tough win uh, yesterday. You know, Memphis is kind of looking like John Moran. I, I don't know what exactly – the uh was there a, a update on him now like what if he's okay or not not nothing, sure at the moment nothing like so i, mean, I think he tried that yeah not good not good at all especially with a team like the warriors seemingly yesterday lots it seemed of, like they just hit their stride um, lots of lots of tension in that series for sure two teams yes. definitely don't like each other at yes, all yes especially with all the you know flagrants flying around in that series and, and everything like that but yeah um i think we'll start with the series most relevant to uh to you over here and we'll start with the philadelphia 76ers and the miami heat um a game in which the legendary scott foster is uh is a referee oh my goodness i'm terrified i'm terrified so we have an unstoppable force versus an immovable object we have Scott Foster on one hand, the series extender to make money for the NBA. And we have Scott Foster on the other hand, who's James Harden's arch nemesis. So, I don't know, man. I just hope he doesn't make himself the star, but I don't, that's what he's known for the angel Hernandez of the, uh, of the NBA. So we'll see. Well, but, uh, obviously. Yeah. In yeah, that sorry. series, obviously Miami, they took the two games, kind of what, you know, you were worried about. They took the two games where Joel Embiid was not playing. Joel Embiid though came back on Friday and uh, Philly won by 20 points, a very impressive win. Uh, Miami not really looking like themselves in that game. Um, didn't play particularly well. I mean, Kyle Lowry kind of starting to come back. He, he only played 25 minutes in score in that game. Yeah. So, um, you know, really wasn't doing much, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, the story four, is, we, I'll cue you yeah. up here. Game four. I mean, we talked about it just before we kind of came on here that this is kind of the the make or break game. Whoever wins this game is probably headed towards winning the series. You know, what what are your thoughts heading into game four tonight? Yeah, I mean, I just want to start out by saying, I mean, playing the worst player in the NBA versus, you know, a top three, five player in the NBA is quite different. I mean, at the same position, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, it's not his fault either. It really isn't. It's not DeAndre's fault. It's Doc and Daryl's fault for bringing him on. But, I mean, he's the worst player in the NBA at a certain point. He really is. Like, I mean, the total difference is Embiid really wasn't even himself. I would say he was like 60% of himself, if that. Uh, not a good offensive showing at all. But the two main differences were the rebounding and the defense. The defense is just night and day. I mean, the Heat averaged 112.5 or 113 points per game uh, their first 
you know, you know, the first two games of the series and Embiid comes back and they're 79 points, obviously not the, not a great shooting display, but Joel Embiid, I mean, when he turns it on in the playoffs, historically, the Sixers, you know, defensive rating, whatever, whatever stat you want to use to evaluate them is been historic. I mean, they only let up 92 points for God's sakes in the Kawhi closeout game in game seven. But look, I mean, it just, it's just uh, tonight's the make or break game. And it sucks. We had to drop two games because I truly believe that the Sixers with Joel and meet healthy might, have might've closed this out in six games, but look, I, it's all tonight's about the, the, I say it every game, but tonight's about James Harden. James Harden was a plus 27 last game. Look, he turned the ball over a lot, but at the end of that day, Griffin, when the Sixers starting lineup is on the floor, they, they are winning by a lot in both of these series. They have the best net rating in the playoffs when their offensive uh, starting lineup is on the floor. Uh, the, the X factor, in my opinion, is also Tobias Harris, who averaged 24 points a game in the first two games. Sort of took a back seat, but look, Sixers defense is, is just excellent with Joel, and I think that's really the main difference because Miami – Bam Adebayo was getting whatever he wanted. And it was also the fact that, you know, Miami could triple team Tyrese Maxey and James Harden on the perimeter without having to worry about any inside throw because DeAndre Jordan, and I love Paul Reed, but he's young and he's not, you know, he's not any serious offensive threat. That you know, you can't do that with Joel Embiid. The one thing I'm looking out for is conditioning. I wasn't surprised he played 36 minutes, even though, you know, they said they'd be looking out, you know, put him on a minute restriction because he hasn't dribbled a ball in a while. But uh, I, I can see him playing 40 minutes again tonight. So that's the one thing I'm going to look out for. Yeah, I mean, Philly at this point, you got to get tonight's win. So I don't think that they're going to be uh, extra cautious. I mean, I don't think you're going to see Joel go out and play the whole game. But, yeah, like 40-minute range I think is probably where you'll see him close to. Um, I mean, look, Philly game three, they really had a good showing. I mean, it's Philly's, you know, playing at a – it's still Wells Fargo Center there? Or? Yeah, yeah, Wells Fargo. Yeah, Wells Fargo. I mean, it's a tough place to play in general. Um, you know, Danny Green also in this game, seven three-pointers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you look at that and say that's great, but at the same time you look at that and say that's look, probably yeah, not going to happen again. Yeah, but we um, shot uh, – on the other hand, we shot 11 from 40 for three, I think, the first two games or something like that. Yes, you, you shot close to 50% in game three, um, which is, you know, with Harden going one for seven from three, too, that's, you know, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Sixers, they're shooting the ball well. And obviously, like you said, Joel Embiid, it's just a, a completely different presence from, from DeAndre Jordan, which, I mean, you expect when the, you know, a top three, four, five player in the NBA goes down and is replaced by, you know, not a, not a good player at this moment in his career for DeAndre Jordan, who obviously has been a good player at times, just at this point is not, not at that level. But, yeah, I mean, the, the presence, even on Bam Adebayo, I mean, you look at Bam Adebayo, he had three rebounds in this game and went shot two for nine. That is a, you know, essentially a non-factor out of Bam Adebayo. And I think this was probably the Heat's worst game that, you know, we might see from them. I mean, they really didn't shoot the ball well. They shot 35%, um, you know, 23% from three. Um, they didn't really turn all over the ball too much, though. That's, yeah, Philly. that was the other, um, that's the other aspect, aspect, is that the Sixers turned the ball over nearly 20 times and still They won. did. They, yeah. I mean, Miami this game, I mean – not even 80 points, just a, a dead offensive performance. Jimmy Butler looked good, but, you know, we're going to have to see how, you know, Kyle Lowry, how is he going to start kind of getting back in? Because obviously he's been out. He's missed a lot of time. You know, he really didn't look good in this game. How is he going to start fitting in and contributing is, you know, someone's got to step up on this team. Can Victor Oladipo start playing a bigger role? You know, he only played like 20 minutes in this game, six points. Like these guys need to start stepping up because you can't be playing, you know, PJ Tucker, he's, you know, he, he's a solid player, but you know, when you're playing PJ Tucker and, and Max Strauss, all these minutes, I mean, it gets, 
you know, it gets a little sketchy. So we'll see Jimmy Butler. I mean, he, he played good, but you know, can he, can, can he stay at that level that he played in in game three? I don't know. We have to see. And, you know, tonight is going to come down to, you know, what level is Joel Embiid at? I think Bam Adebayo has got to play a much better game because, you know, he, he needs to be a, a factor um, for this team. And, you know, James Harden, I think we've said it before. I mean, Tyrese Maxey has kind of looked like the second best player on this team um, outside of Joel Embiid, but, to be honest. Um, I, can I just say one thing about Tyrese Maxey? Yes. Tyrese Maxey, when he decides to be aggressive, is so, so, so good. Like, I was very frustrated with Max. He had zero points in the first half. And I was saying to my dad, who I was watching the game with, attack, like, just attack. You're faster than them. You have Tyler Hero guarding you. He can't guard you. And he started attacking, and he finished with 21 points. Like, like that's Tyrese Maxey's next step is being aggressive throughout the whole game. And once that happens, watch out. Like, this dude is a star. This dude is a star. He just needs to put it together for four quarters consistently. Yeah, I think Tyrese Maxey is, I mean, he's proving to be kind of that key third piece. I mean, you can look at Tobias Harris, I guess. But, I mean, at this point, I feel like everyone kind of knows that, you know, what Tobias Harris is, you know, overplayed, yeah. mediocre player at this point in the NBA. But, um, you know. I would say he's more, above average, but one of the worst contracts in NBA history. Yeah, I mean, that's. Yeah, that's. Fine, that's I think that's, it's <laughs> not worth what he's getting. But, um, you know, yeah. tonight's a huge <laughs> game. Um. I mean, I'll be honest. I think Philly's got the edge right now. They're at home. Embiid's back. I mean, I, I, I'd have to stick with Philly. I know you'll pick Philly too, but, you know, we'll see. I think the way Miami responds tonight is going to be very interesting. If they just have kind of another sluggish performance, I mean, the series could be over before we know it. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, Philly, um, you know, must win. They had a must win game three, and I still think they're in a must win situation tonight because going down 3-1 um, to a team like Miami who – you know, people don't give much credit to, but they're the one seed for a reason. They're going to probably win one of those three games if, you know, they go up 3-1 at the end of the day. Yeah, man. I just, you know, Doc, and Doc worries me. Just Doc worries me. I mean, look, Doc Rivers versus Eric Spolster just makes me nervous. I don't know what to say besides that, you know. Yeah. We will see. Um, all right. I think with that, we'll shift to the other Eastern Conference yeah. series, the Celtics and the Bucks, which is shaping up to be a very good series. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks – um, you know, got a little close at the end there. They were up for, you know, a while, but I mean, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, this guy is just, I think this, I think Giannis is just the best player in the world. And, and I mean, I just don't think you can stop him. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, we saw kind of Katie and Kyrie in that net Celtic series, you know, these are players that are stoppable, but Giannis is just, it doesn't matter what you do. Giannis Antetokounmpo will not be stopped. This team right now, I mean, they're playing without Chris Middleton and they're up two one. I mean, Oh, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are, are – I think people sleep on how good this team really is. What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Jason Tatum had a disastrous performance yesterday. He was bad. And the thing about Jason Tatum is that, well, he's not like – Jason Tatum just puts up some horrendous performances sometimes. Like, when he's bad, I feel like he's really bad. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, this dude went, like, what, like, three for 17 yesterday? Four for 19, 0 oh for 6 yeah. and 3. And then I can't, like, the story of the game yesterday, I mean, from both teams, was obviously the officiating. I mean, uh, I, I don't love when it becomes ref ball or ref talk for obvious reasons because of what I'm a fan of and, you know, all what I hear. But, like, like, Giannis, like what are you, what, do you think Giannis gets away with a lot? Like, what do you think? In terms of fouling people or? In terms of, like, the elbows, like, playing kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, 
it's tough because I think that there's the just same, not, it, yeah. it's so different between every game, the refing. And I think that's the problem. It's yeah. just if there was some more consistency, I think would be okay. But when you have these games where, you know, Giannis is just, or, or any of these guys really are just getting away with stuff consistently. And, you know, from game to game, you just see different refs calling different things. It, it's, it's tough. And, and, you know, I like that, you know, some of these refs do let these guys play. Like, I don't think that, I think that it's soft when, you know, we're seeing guys just get touched a little bit and it's just, we're calling fouls every yeah. second. Um, but do I, you know, do I think there needs some, to be some more, you know, uniformity amongst the refs? Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. it's just a, it's a tricky situation, especially for guys like Giannis who are just so big and strong that sometimes it's just part of his yeah, game that, you know, I agree. He's going to be elbowing and, and people are going to get, you know, roughed up a little bit just because of, you know, his dominant nature of just a strong, big guy who just drives in the paint. Like it's just inevitable and you can't call every single little thing on him because then it's just, it's just ridiculous. And then it's taking away from what he is as a player. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And I also the fact that Celtic shot 17 more free throws uh, yesterday. Well, it was just the fact I, I only mentioned it because both Teams mentioned it in their post game press conferences, which rarely yeah, happens. Yeah, I saw Giannis's comment. Yeah, and, a, I uh, liked his the way he phrased that. Ime Adoka, yeah, Ime Adoka did as well. He he mentioned the the refing as well. Uh, and look, I mean, at the end of the day, Drew Holiday shot eleven thirty. The rest of the Bucks role players weren't great. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best player in the world. I mean, he is the end of the day and you're you're witnessing a potential top five 10 player of all time you really are i mean he's only 27 still he's 27 years old this guy and he has one of the most accomplished resumes ever he does and he might go back and find it very hard to run against them like the, he he absolutely carried them yesterday and i think it's very impressive that a bucks team uh in the same way i think that the sixers did actually I don't know if remembers that they blew a pretty big lead kind of late in the game and then still won at the end of the day. I mean, they're mentally tough. They are a team, you know, before I didn't feel that they were this team that could, you know, as all the champion teams just flip the switch and be better than everybody else. Sort of like all those LeBron teams did in Cleveland, like some of those golden state teams did, but like they are at this stage, they can, if they, if they feel like they're in trouble, I think this is a team that can just turn it on. Like you said, they're missing in my opinion to be there. In, in what my opinion is to be their second best player. And this is just about the greatness of Giannis. And Brooke Lopez is such a defensive beast. Let me give him a shout out. He is a defensive You love Brooke Lopez. You, I, I feel do. like you're always giving him credit. Dude, though. I am. I love Brooke Lopez. He's he's a beast. I, I keep telling you, people were questioning the Bucks earlier in the year because their defense was, you know, he had a huge job up and he came back and really fixed their defense. But yeah, but Giannis's greatness is the story of this game. And Jason Tatum got to step up, man. You know, he was being compared to Kate, guys like Katie. He was being, you know, put in these top five conversations. He he can't have games like that in, in, in game three of the second round. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I mean, you look at this game also, like Al Horford, 22, 16, and five. Yeah. Like, we're not going to see that from him again. So, you know, you, you guys like, you know, like you said, Jason Tatum, he's got to play better. I mean, you, as a superstar player, I mean, we did see, you know, Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving did have games, you know, that were very bad, but. You don't, you don't, that's the thing about, you know, Giannis, he doesn't really have a game. Like you'll never see Giannis have a game where he's yeah. just four for 19 ever. Sure. His game too wasn't great to be fair, to be fair. Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't his best game by any means, but I mean, you, no, you look at the stats and it's still. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. And, 
I mean, Drew Holiday, I mean, he didn't even, I mean, Drew Holiday shot 30 shots, 11 for 30. I mean, he's, Drew Holiday is very underrated piece. I mean, this team's a very solid, very solid team. We're going to see what happens. Obviously, game four, um, when is that going to be? Tomorrow, I would assume. Yeah, tomorrow. So, very, very big game there. I mean, the Bucks, they could put away Boston here. I mean, we're going to see. It's going to be very interesting. Um, but with that, I think we can move on to um, a game that's actually going on right now, a series, Dallas and the Phoenix Suns. Um, I mean, this series is interesting because I think Phoenix, everyone would agree, is the, is the team to beat here and is the better team. It's just Luka Doncic. Is the- Luka Doncic, man. Luka Doncic, this is another player guy. in this series, and and that sometimes can do it. And you know these players around him, it's not really a, a an elite team by any stretch of the imagination. Perfect. I mean, Jalen Brunson's a very solid player, though. Spencer Dinwiddie's been very good since he joined Dallas. They've kind of got all these guys that are you know, you know, solid players, but not real stars. But Luka Doncic, man, I mean, this guy is uh, he he's given the Suns a potential run for their money here. I mean, this is a big game four that you know they're up early if they go. 2-2. I mean, this is anyone's series at that point. Yeah. I mean, I, like Luca Griffin, Luca is a guy who can be one of the greatest playoff performers ever. This is like, you're not going to like me just because you're a cash fan. Like, you won't even like the comparison. But this is a dude who can turn it off on the playoffs. And you know how big of a LeBron fan I am, but this is a dude. Like, this is the most I've seen where a dude can just turn it off the playoff since LeBron. Like, Luca, like, this dude has dope potential. I have to say it. I have to say it. He does. He made all first team all NBA at age 21. And look, don't discount the Mavericks from winning this Western Conference. I will see the outcome of the game today, but individual greatness in the NBA can carry you very, very, very far, especially Luca Doncic, dude. This man is unbelievable. And he always is in the playoffs. And I think a lot of this comes from the fact that, you know, he was playing extremely high-level basketball at age 17. Like, he was playing on the highest stage in Europe at age 17, like, at a much higher level than what college basketball is, in my opinion. Like, a much, much higher level. Like, the Euro He's League... He's playing is, pro basketball, yeah. That's He's what I'm saying. The Euro League is the best, second best league in the that's world. That's where, you know, you look at these college guys, and most of them, the guys that don't make the league, that's the type of leagues they're going to, you know, overseas. Yeah, exactly. So, and, like, like, not only that, like, he was the MVP of the Euro League at 17. Like, this is a different breed of, of wrestling. And I wonder... I understand the Suns have Devin Booker, but I understand... I wonder if the Suns look and think... We could have had that, dude, because they could have. You know, I mean, DeAndre Ayton is a really solid player, but they're not even going to pay him. They're not even going to keep him. He's leaving because they don't want to pay him. Like, Luca is just a special, special playoff performer. And, look, Chris Paul and Devin Booker is probably the best backcourt in the NBA right now. Chris Paul has been unbelievable in these playoffs. Um, but Luca, like I said, I don't know what else to talk about on the Mavs besides him. Because the reason that they're even competitive is because of him. Like I said, like you mentioned, Dinwiddie and Brunson have, like, if they want to win this series, one of them, you might have to have, like, a Spencer Dinwiddie or Jalen Brunson 40 pieces at a certain yeah. point. You might, you might have to have it. But I think this is a series that could absolutely go seven games, depending on the result today, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean – you know, Mark Cuban, he does a really good job. And, and you know, he's, I think, desperate to win. And I, I'm very curious because 
with Luca, there's got to be such an appeal for some of these free agents potentially to just come on over and join him. I mean, yeah. I think if you give Luca a, a true number two, I mean, that team could, I mean, we saw they tried with Kristaps and it really didn't work out. You know, they honestly, it didn't screw them because they didn't give up that much to get Kristaps. So it didn't kill them. They just, at this point though, they need to give him another star, another, you know, playmaker, superstar type. I don't know who that is. Um, you know, I who's think gonna be- they could, sorry. I think they could really benefit from a defensive anchor. And the name you keep hearing is Rudy Gobert. And I think like as much as Rudy Gobert gets flamed, he would probably be a pretty good fit with Luca. He would. I think that would be a good fit, but I still think that they would need another offensive. Piece agreed, agreed, too. agreed. I think that, you know, this team is, you know, with Luca, they have just such a potential edge, um, you know, and a head start to potentially, you know, finding that, you know, championship team. But we'll see. This team might already be good enough to get far in these playoffs just They're with Luca, which is scary. They're up by 11 already. Look, we'll see. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I I just want to bring something up in relation to Luca. Like, there is talk at a certain point that, like, the Trey Luca trade was a win win. Come on, people. What are we doing here? Like, well, I think everyone would agree that Dallas won, but at the end of the day, it's not like the Hawks lost the trade because uh, Trey Young is like, such a superstar and that, you know, he's not, he's not Luca. No, sure. But he's like, like yeah, but t- Trey Young is like top, like, they were in the Eastern Conference finals last year. Like, they, the, I think, yeah, but the like, Atlanta Hawks have technically yeah, but that's had more success. Yeah, but that's just because we sucked. Yeah, but that's just because we sucked. But that's just because we sucked. He shot five and twenty-three in Game Seven of that series. I'm not saying Trey Young is a stud. I, well, I'm not, he is a stud, but I'm he not saying stud, but... I'm not saying he's Luca at all. Um, I just don't think it's like, like obviously the Hawks would rather have sure, Luka, but sure. at the same time, Trey Young's a stud, and they've built their team around him. Sure, so sure. I don't think that they're sitting there every day moping about it because they ended up with another superstar, all-star you know, caliber player who is, uh, you know, going to be their, their franchise cornerstone for years to come. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fair. I, that's fair. But yeah. Let's see. Individual greatness. I think versus like this, we'll see. Yes. We'll see we will see. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. With that, we'll move on to the last series and this series. Uh, I mean, this, this could be, if John Moran is out, I think that this series is over. Um, and probably every, over I mean, anyway. Probably over. Yeah. I, John Moran, man, this guy is, I mean, we kind of gave him some slack for how he explained in that Timberwolves series, but he has really stepped up this series. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously that game two performance, 48 points, I believe it was. And then, you know, last night, before, or was it last night? Yeah. Last One, night. Yeah. Last night, you know, 34 piece before, you know, he goes down. Um, you know, yeah. this Warriors team, though, is just – it's a it's a deep team. I mean, every player that is playing on this team is a legit – I mean, Jonathan Kuminga, this kid is, you know, still so young and, and has looked really good last night. I mean, they've got so many just different players and pieces. Steph Curry, 30-piece. Clay Thompson, you know, had a really good game. Jordan Poole is just an absolute stud. I mean, this Golden State team, you know, they, they might be – I kind of look. I, I feel like I kind of didn't give them their credit at the beginning of the series, or at the be, at the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah, this team is a uh, they're legit, man. I mean, this is a, a really good deep team that is well coached. I think it's all going to come down to. I, I think it, it's going to come down to Stephen Curry at the end of the day, and how far, uh, you know, what level he can play at, and if he can if he can really lead them this team to, you know, I think they'll get through the Grizzlies, but, you know. If they play Phoenix and then obviously whoever comes out of the East, assuming it's, you know, not 
I mean, Miami, I guess if they get through the East is, you know, a heck of a team, but assuming it's one of these other teams, you know, that's a tough matchup. Absolutely. And I think I, I favor the Eastern conference team at this point, honestly, yeah. potentially in the finals. I, I agree. I mean, look, I think that the Warriors experience, like I think experience is overrated, but like the Warriors experience obviously can't be discounted, but like, yeah. I don't know. Like I find the East just to be so much better. Like I think, Miami. I think it's the Miami. level of stardom is the difference. I like. I, I think like, you've got I mean, Joel Embiid, Giannis. I, I mean, I think those are two of the best five, three, four, five players. Whereas in the West yeah. Conference, I mean, you got Luca, but you know Steph's great, but he's not at that level at this point in his career. He's not up there in the top five or six anymore. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. When he turns it on, he's him. He's he's goaded though, dude. I mean, he's still a great player. Like, oh, I'm not. I think he's a top 10, 15 player in the league still. Absolutely. I just don't think. Well, he's also recovering from an injury. To be fair. Yeah. Well, obviously, there's a lot of things that go into. I that. think it's just like. Yeah. Well, uh, Warriors Mavs would be very. Uh, I I really want the Mavs to beat the Suns. If I'm being honest, just because I want to see. Uh, I'm very. I'm a fan of these like individual type hero runs because Luca missed the start of these playoffs, which is the craziest part to think about. He was the, j- the, j- the jazz just suck. Yeah. The jazz joke. They're going to blow it up. That yeah. Team. I would imagine Mitchell and Gobert are both out of there. Right. I think Donovan Mitchell definitely wants out. And I, I can't imagine they don't try and trade Gobert at that point. I think they'll just totally try and just reset, tear yeah. it down. Quinn Snyder could be gone. Honestly, even yeah. though he's a good coach, they just, maybe just might reset it from, from top yeah, to I bottom. Think very possible because that core is not winning anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, Luca is just—I I just want to see the Mavs. I want to see the Mavs win that Western Conference. But look, the word—I think a lot of the word—I think a key player for the Warriors is obviously Clay Thompson. How well is he going to shoot the rock? Like, how is how good is his defense? We'll see. Um, I think Draymond Green is this is a little bit like. He is so valuable to that team, man. And they are really just lost when he doesn't play well. So I think Draymond's consistency is another thing to look out for. And I think, look, I, I think this Mavs, this Memphis Warriors series is pretty much over. And I think the foregone conclusion would have been, you know, Mavs Suns had the Suns could have maybe closed it out last game. But look, Luka Doncic is the story of these Western Conference playoffs so far. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what happens with these the, the West. I mean, I think. I think the playoffs are actually in a good spot. Like it, in years past, the problem with the NBA has been it's so predictable. Everyone knows it's going to happen. But right now, I mean, it, it really is fair game for any of these teams, it feels like at this point, um, in any of these conferences. So I, I'm very excited to see what happens. And a lot of these teams, I mean, Milwaukee, will Chris Middleton be back in these playoffs? The Grizzlies, John Morant, obviously, is banged up. Um, I mean, a lot of these teams are, you know, Joel Embiid, can he fully get closer and closer to being fully recovered? Teams are banged up right now, and, uh, you know, we're going to see what happens, obviously. But, um, you know, if you if you had to predict the NBA Finals today, your your Finals prediction matchup, what would you say as of right now from what you've seen? I'll say the Warriors and the Bucks. sadly. I think that's what I would have to say at this point, too. I think that – I think that Philly would – I think it would be very different if Philly – because I just think Philly right now, I think I think, in, I think they're in a hole. I think, I think just Philly, in a Milwaukee, Philly, Milwaukee, I think would be a pretty good series. I always think the Giannis. I agree, especially if Chris Middleton's out. That's kind of I think that Philly might 
be able to honestly win that series if Chris Middleton's yeah, out. All, yeah. I just, at this point, I'll be honest, I don't know if they'll be able to. I think that the 2-0 deficit just might kill them. I, just I really think hope. I, I hope you're wrong, but I can definitely. Tonight's the, we keep saying it, but tonight's the crucial game, man. I mean, I think the yeah. winner of this game probably wins the series. I think if the Heat win tonight, they probably finish it off in Miami, if I'm being yeah, honest. I would agree. I would agree. All right. Well, that will do for our NBA talk. We do want to talk a little MLB. Um, this episode will be you know, relatively short compared to a, a typical Outside the Arena episode these last few weeks. Um, but you know, we'll talk a little MLB. I mean, obviously, right now, the MLB landscape is very interesting. Um, we haven't really talked about the MLB since the start of the season. Um, I mean, I... Where do you want to start with? I mean, what what kind of storyline do you want to start off with here? I mean, we could talk about the Angels, I guess. You know, Angels. We, yeah, we were, we were sort of questioning them at the beginning of the season, and you know, you're not convinced, obviously. By Taylor Ward. I mean, right now, I mean, you look at that division. Houston's won six in a row. Seattle's lost six in a row. Yeah, it's yeah. Seattle, I mean, man. I mean, that yeah. Seattle's now is just not living up to the expectations whatsoever and i know they're young but like jared Kalenic at this point has had a lot of mld at bats and it's just there's just no sign of anything at this point i mean they'll hit some they'll hit some homers occasionally but other than that i mean it's just i'm not even trying to be like a anti-jared you know, you no meds, you're sure no meds bias is creeping in i here. mean i still do believe the kid's probably gonna end up a solid player but like i mean at this point it's kind of like you're getting to a point where it's like, what, what's the deal with this guy? Because it's not, this isn't, you know, the first hundred at bats of this guy's career, 200 bats. I mean, it's been a big leader for a good bit of time now. So, I mean, Julio Rodriguez, I think has looked good and, and he offers a lot. I think he's just, you know, figuring it out slowly, but surely Jared clinic, I'm a little more worried about and that Seattle team. I mean, I, I don't know. I had them as my division winner. I, I just think Houston might still be the team to be in that division. I think Houston, I mean, the, they just reload, man. I mean, Jeremy Pena looks great. I mean, the rotation yeah. is it's young and talented. Verlander looks great. The Angels are so interesting because, I mean, Shohei really hasn't found the groove offensively yet, and that's the crazy no, thing. Shohei no, Otani has, has been really not good this year, we'll be honest. And I think Rendon looks kind of potentially even – I don't want to say washed, but at this point, you know, he kind of doesn't have it. Mike Trout is just so good, and obviously, you know, Taylor Ward. And, and guys like that have played well. Taylor Noah Ward. Syndergaard's pitching well. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that division? What do you think it'll look like? And, you know, what surprised you? You know, I, I obviously – I had the Astros before the year. I'm going to say the Astros are going to win this division. Probably yeah. by like probably by like 10 or 15 games by the end of it. But, yeah, yeah the Mariners hurt. You're a disgrace, Seattle. An absolute disgrace. You got everybody so excited. You have one of the best shortstops in baseball. J.P. Crawford, do you think, is one of the best? In I think this year. You don't think he has been? He's been pretty good, yeah. I think it, he's absolutely been one of the best. It's crazy, yeah. though. Well, he was a Philly, right? Dude, the cra- It's I don't really, like, I'm not really, I don't regret the trade because it got us Segura, but, like, I don't, he was considered, he was the number one prospect in baseball for, like, a lengthy period of time at one point. Yeah. J.P. Crawford? No, he wasn't. Griffin. Griffin. Not the number one prospect in baseball. That's not correct. Griffin, look at the 2016 MLB Top 100 pipeline. At worst, he was top three. What did they trade him for? They said he was number five. Yeah. Huh. 
Wow, this is a cool list to look back on. Yeah, Corey Seager, number one, Buxton, Giolito, Urias. Jesus. Gallo, Glasno, Trey Turner, Blake Snell's on the list, Alex Reyes, Berrios. But yeah, so he Reagan. was – and then he was terrible in double and triple A, J.P. Crawford. And so they he was dropped to like number 65, and they eventually dropped him off the list. And then the Phillies just decided to cut bait because – I don't know. They thought Mariners obviously thought Segura was watched, so we traded him for Segura. I guess it's a win-win, man. Like, I guess it's a win-win. But yeah, very interesting. Um, I mean, speaking of the Phillies, we can talk about the Mets and the and the Phillies in that division. I mean, wow, JP Crawford is one point seven WAR this year so far. I did not know that. Dude, he's been great this year. That's crazy. Wow, good for JP. I mean, he's a solid player. I just good. Um. Yeah, I mean, look at the NL East at the moment. Obviously, the Mets do have a uh, solid lead of about five games right now. They're obviously in the midst of a doubleheader. They've kind of cooled off a little bit, though. They're five and five in their last ten. They've definitely kind of been kind of a, a lull, it seems, offensively. Um, you're shaking your head. I mean, obviously, there was that historic. You want to talk comeback. about this, that disgrace on Thursday? That disgrace. I mean, on I, we can talk about it. I, I wasn't necessarily even planning to. I mean, it was a crazy game. I think it shows that. I think one thing if I had to say about the New York Mets this season is that this is just a different a group of individuals. This is a, a actual major leaguers, I think, is the difference. And you've got in the rotation, one of the best rotations in baseball right now without Jacob DeGrom. You've got Max Scherzer, Chris Bass. It's been amazing. Tyler McGill has really emerged. Um, Cookie Carrasco has been really good, obviously, except for that St. Louis start. Um, so I think the Mets are in a, a solid spot. I mean, I think they just need to string together some more wins. They need to win the second game of the doubleheader today. Um, both, both the Mets and Phillies really could use that game. Um, just, you know, the Mets, the Mets need it to, you know, keep the momentum rolling. Phillies need it to, you know, start the momentum. Um, but you know, right now the, the NL East, you know, Nats have always been known to be out of it. The Braves really have Braves. been, you know, yeah. eh, eh, I'm nothing, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not, not, they I am surprised. They are um, yeah, they are going to win the day, but. It's been a slow start for them, but that's what happened last year, and they won the World Series. So we'll see. But what are your thoughts on the, the escape of the NL East? I mean, obviously, I'm really happy with how the Mets are playing. I think that this team is is poised for a very successful season, um, barring injury, of course. Um, what are your thoughts on the Phillies? I mean, it's been a, a bit been a slow start so far for yeah the I team. Mean, for Kyle Schwarber, had a slow start. He's heated up though recently. Yeah, Schwarber is definitely Schwarber had a Schwarber had a terrible start of the year, but he's been pretty good for like the last two weeks, I would say. Yeah. Um, look, I texted Garfield. I said, Bryce, basically I said, Bryce is like the only good player on the team. And like, sometimes I just feel like that's too often the case where like still, even with Cassidy and Schwartz on the team, like he's still the only one that can like get us going. And it sucks because he can't even play the field. And I don't know if you saw that. Is he right? still like really injured? Like what's the whole deal? He's hurt. His arm is still really hurt. He can't play the field. Um, I don't know if you saw that like door hit earlier but like castellanos was really sus on that like what was he doing i mean well the, the balls are just like dead as they can get I mean, that ball should have been like 20 rows back like, yeah like what right didn't bryce hit one 409 at, at city and it didn't let god or something like it's such a weird balls are just yeah. dead as it gets right now yeah I mean, that sunday night game though they they i'm telling you and i saw some article that the mets players think they're juiced for national tv and i honestly agree with i think that. everybody i think all players think that I think 
I was there at that game, the Sunday night Mets game. I was watching batting practice. Literally players could not hit the baseball out of the, out of the park. I mean, it was actually insane. Like I saw, I was there for Phillies BP and I saw Schwarber hitting. I think Harper might've been hitting at one point, like good, legit MLB players. I saw probably like six or seven home runs total. And then Sunday night baseball comes on and everyone's hitting the baseball out of the <laughs> ballpark. I mean, it made no sense. Schwarber was up there. He couldn't hit a home run to save his life in batting practice and then just can't stop hitting home runs in the game. I mean, it's like, could they try and be any more discreet? I mean, the baseballs are really messed up right now. I don't know what is going on, but yeah. I mean, you saw the Lindor home. I mean, no, there was some wind there, but I mean, that ball, he even thought it was Lindor. Thought oh, yeah, that ball was, died, I mean, that should have yeah. been gone. That should have been gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look. The, the balls are and then crazy. also the um in the crazy comeback game, the one Marte hit um to take the lead, that was a that was a bomb, man. That was a bomb and barely yeah, listen, you have, you're preaching to the choir right now. I think the Philly, it's really unfortunate for the Phillies who are so reliant on hitting homeworks. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, second game of this doubleheader, like I'm not gonna lie to you, it's the 28th game of the season for the Phillies, but like this is an important ass game to get to get to get a a, a series like we've lost a lot of series dude we've lost six of our first eight series we need a series win and i'm counting this as a series win even though the game was rained out yesterday i'm going to count this as a three yeah it's a three day series yeah. yeah i mean we need you know but we need to win tonight like we need a series win over the mets because look i think as long as you're not like 10 games back 15 games back at the end of may like you're by no means you're no you're yeah. not out of it. So that's my goal for them. Keep it within five to seven games by the end of this month. See if and let, let's put just like string some wins together. That's what I gotta say. Yeah. Um, I mean I do just want to say the Cincinnati Reds may be one of the most disgraceful yeah. franchises of, of, of all time. <laughs> I, I mean, look, they've they've yeah. also had some tough luck. I mean, their best players are like all injured right now and like, but regardless. Yeah. Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Like I'm 23. Yeah. This is why they need a salary floor. This is why they need a salary floor. And I can't believe they're worried about teams spending too much money, which is absolutely. It's crazy that a guy like Steve Cohen is being punished when. Yeah. And look, like, like the, like the Dodgers as well. I mean, people criticize the crap out of the Dodgers and I get why, because they're kind of like a super team, but like, whatever. But like, like, this is just, like, the Reds are a disgrace to baseball. And, like, what annoyed me the most is that they pretended like they were fielding a competitive baseball team. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've seen this video of, like, the president of the Reds. Yeah, he's, an idiot. he's like, we're going to field a team that's going to make you proud. Like, <laughs> come on, dude. You don't have to pretend. The Sixers, like, I lived with a team that tried to lose for three years in a row. And they didn't pretend about it. Everybody knew what was going on. Like, don't try to convince us of your bullshit because you don't want to spend money. That's what I have to say. Be honest. About, bad. Be honest about bad. what you are. I just feel bad for the fans, man, because I mean, it's 27 games into their season, and they're they're I would never put on the game for the rest of the year. I mean, it's so sad. Like as a person who loves baseball, <laughs> I just can't imagine it. I mean, 27 games into your season. There's just no incentive or even reason to watch a baseball game. I mean, it's just insane. It should never be the case, even for a team like Pittsburgh, who sucks. I mean, they're 11 and 15. Like, they're at least like, you know, you're, you're not done for the season yet. You're not no, packing yeah. your bag. 
four and 23. I mean, it's over. Like it's, it eliminate them from contention at this point. They're, they're done. They're in the sunken place. They're never coming out. And it's a shame. It's a shame for baseball that this is happening right now. I mean, the stupid thing is, and it, there's no incentive. The tanking system with That's the new draft lottery. There's no incentive to tank anymore. They're not guaranteed anything at this point. Yeah. It, especially in the MLB draft, man. And the MLB draft, these players you're not going to see in the big leagues for maybe if you draft a college player, like two seasons, but it yeah. could be even longer if you draft a high school kid. And it's like, if that doesn't work, I mean, it, it's not where the NFL is like, you have a superstar get- in college who's played there yeah. for three years and is going to go right there and make a huge impact. These players aren't doing anything right away. There's just, in MLB, I truly believe there's no incentive to tank because there's no instant gratification because these guys go through the minor leagues for years. And MLB is one of the sports where a lot of these guys, like there's only been what, I think like two number one overall picks, one yeah, number definitely. one overall pick to make the Hall of Fame. Like yeah, 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 a lot of these guys don't even turn out to be superstars. It's crazy. I mean, we'll see what happens, obviously. I just think that MLB right now, I think baseball is the sport where I understand in the NBA and the NFL, because especially in the NFL where right now it's guaranteed to get the top pick and, and how that works. I understand being bad can sometimes lead to good things, but being bad in baseball, I mean, it's just poor Reds fans are just going to see a bad team for three, four, five seasons now. And, and, and it's going to be an awful well. team. Sorry. Mets up too well. How? I uh, just got the alert. Hold on. Pete, fucking Alonzo Homer. God damn it. <laughs> He was deal. He was deal. God damn it. And Come Chris on, Bassett's on the hill. I like that. Christopher Stitzers is so bad. <laughs> Why is he getting the start today? Because we don't have anybody. Wheeler and um, I'm Eflin, Eflin, I saw. Him. Yeah. Was, was one of them supposed to pitch today? I think Eflin was. Damn. Brutal. Yeah. Not good. What goes wrong for the Phils will go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> well, that also happens when you like this happened to us a lot last year because we have guys who are just like not like we just like why does it the always vaccination happen? rates low or what? We had the lowest vaccination rate in the league last year, sadly. <laughs> by a lot, by a lot, by a lot. That's just and like regardless they of what in, you they think. It, this- not only that, they brought in two more guys who are who didn't get it, Canable and Hand, both of them. They had to make sure. Well, I, I mean, at least we know it's a good culture fit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Phillies, the Phillies, the Phillies. Oh. Go Phillies, baby. Go Phillies. Just a, a fun team. Um, all right. Well, is there – I mean, I – kind of covers most of it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I think we can – Yeah. Do all right. With that, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. Um Stay tuned for a lot of content uh, for my senior project. I'm going to be working on this. So um, expect a lot more content than particularly usual. Um, we're still going to be doing our weekly episodes, obviously. Um, but um, there's going to be a lot of, of, of stuff on the page. So stay tuned. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Let us know what you want to see in the comments. Um, we're going to start definitely having some, some interviews. I know I've got a few already in the works. So should be exciting times. Um, but with that, thank you guys for watching. Make sure to uh, follow us on our social medias and all that. And yeah, see you all next week on Outside the Arena.